Hey, welcome everybody to another edition of the CarCast. This one is episode 79, and I'm Owen Newkirk, he's Sean Shapiro. We have determined that this is an Alexi Yashin episode. However, honorable mentions to Andre Markov, who wore it for a long time in Montreal. And also, we didn't know this until we did the research. That's right, we actually did some research for the CarCast, which doesn't happen. Very rarely. Very the rarely. Adam Cracknell, who yes. wore it for three or four seasons when he was a young player coming up through the St. Louis Blues system, going back and forth between Peoria and St. Louis. Didn't know that he wore number 79, which is weird because he's an 85 birthday. Yeah. So it must have been one of those high numbers that got handed out. Or maybe maybe there's a story, and maybe you can, with your you know, droves of contacts through the athletic <laughs> Find me now. What is he's retired, right? Didn't he hang him up? Uh, he was playing in Europe last year. Retire? Don't, I don't know. I we'll know. have to check in with Adam. Great guy. Maybe we can figure out why he wore number seventy-nine. Yeah. With the NHL, with his first NHL team, the St. Louis Blues. Scored one of the uh, Adam Cracknell, who scored one of the least likely hat tricks in franchise history. Well, um, really cool ones yeah. for him. Great yep. guy. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah. Let's, That's fun to talk about, that is, John. That is fun to talk. Tonight's and we're, game is we're, not. We're having a good mood talk yeah. mm-hmm. because we don't have much of a positive spin no. about tonight's Capital Stars game, right? No. There's not much positive. There's not much... Uh, I mean, the team is now in... It's not just the way that Stars play tonight. It's the fact that 1-4-1... One, to start the season, one win in the first six games, shootout loss with the additional point there. Um, they're in a tough spot. Three points out of twelve. Yeah, possible. It is, that, that's, that's not. Bad. That's not good. What about the fact that they're 0-2 and one on home ice to start the year too? That's also very bad for a team that has, in the last few years, not been a great road team. Yes. I mean, last year there were what one game above five hundred. That was fine. It's okay as long as you go about yeah. seven fifty at home. Um, so far, they have one point out of six possible points at home. That's very, very poor. Yeah, there's a stench outside right now that kind of matches that standing. Yeah, it smells like the stats, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, there's something, something that smells bad. It sort of stings the nostrils. It's like the uh, the Anchorman cologne. I'm going to tell you, Owen, that smells like pure gasoline. <laughs> What's the other one? It's a, a diaper full of oh, uh, Indian food lit on set on fire? I think so. Uh, yeah. My quote on that one's not great. Yeah. Or yeah. less less family friendly, uh, Bigfoot's uh, genitalia. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, we went right to the uh, right off the rails on that one, didn't we? Yes. So, Sean, they started the game tonight, unfortunately, in a first minute penalty kill situation when Joel Hanley's stick came up, and they called a four minute double minor. Yes. And that's a tough way to start a game. Stars were able to kill off the first two minutes, but in the second half of the double minor, they give up a goal to the second power play unit. Uh, and frankly, they Washington's opening power play chances were quite good. In fact, all in all, they ended up, we'll get to that, they had three in the first period total. They had six of the eight quality chances that I tracked for them in the first period. Six of them came on the power play which means that's where they did most of their damage, including the goal from Tom Wilson on the rebound from Jacob Rana, who had a couple good looks on that exchange. 
Well, and Washington's a team that has, in much of obviously their captain's career, has been rarely defined by this. They feed off the power play. They whether whether they score or not, they build momentum off of it. And um, when you give a team like that double minor early in the game, they're going to take advantage of it, and they did. And obviously. The goal scored from Tom Wilson, and then we get to the interesting part where... Right, and this is the first yeah. time this happened, right, yes. for the Stars this year. The Stars decide to challenge the goal for a potential hand pass, which I did not see at full speed, uh, or live speed. So they start showing the replays, uh-huh. and sure enough, loose puck up in the air, Wilson bats it down, reaches for it with his stick, uh-huh. and at full speed, I can completely understand them thinking... He didn't make contact with it. They showed a super slow-mo angle, Sean, that to me looked like the tip of the toe of his blade made the puck swivel, change. It was sort of rolling, and it looked like it changed. It was an unnatural movement, meaning it wasn't just spinning because he knocked it down. I thought it changed directions just ever so slightly, and then it went to Jacob Brana. That's not the explanation that Jim Montgomery gave after the game. So, that call is correct. It did hit Tom Wilson's toe before Jacob Verona touched it with his stick. The thing the Stars were challenging, um, the Stars were not challenging whether Wilson's stick touched it before Verona's stick. Okay. They were challenging whether it hit, because it hit, if you watch the replay, it hits Verona's skate okay. before Wilson's stick. That's what they're arguing. So they're arguing a so very... The Stars' argument was that that's a change of possession, as in Wilson hand-passes it... To the skate. To Verona's skate. Oh, I didn't even see that when I was... And, I mean, I, I, I saw it, but I didn't really yes. process it. And know? so it, it was something where... And if you listen to what Jim Montgomery said in the post game, um, he didn't really... He talked about it hitting the skate and everything like that. It was, it was really kind of... Just I know you guys just get the post game audio, right? So you so can't see. You him. can't really see. You can't really see or kind of get a good picture of what he was talking about. Um, right. Essentially, what it was, um, Tom Wilson knocks the puck down. It, it deflects off Verona's skate ever so slightly, and it does. And then Wilson's stick plays it, just before, ever so slightly. Ever so slightly. And the refs ruled that that's a deflection, not a change of possession. That's. that's I mean, look. If it hits a guy's skate, here's my. I'm, I'm trying to think of this on the fly. Yeah, yeah, no. no I, if I, it hits a guy's skate, is that enough to get blow a play dead for a delay penalty? Usually, it's not, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You have to make a hockey move. You have to possess it with your stick. You have to physically kick it a yes. distance, right? If it just def- hits his skate, is uh, on the play. Let's say on a delayed call. Yeah. Is that not a play on? Right? Yeah. So if, I wonder, would that then be consistent saying that's not a possession change? And here's the question. I'm, I'm yeah, just it, asking. It, I really don't yeah, have a no, definitive answer I, on that in my head. My big question here for this, and it's kind of actually, it's kind of a bummer that there's no practice tomorrow because I can't ask this follow-up question. Because Jim Montgomery explains what they were trying to challenge, and while he's doing that, we're trying to process what he's telling us at the same time. That's tricky. And so it's not like so the follow-up I would have liked to had asked um, tomorrow is if the stars have had a uh, when they were going over this rule, if there had been that type of sample 
in the package. Just as far as when you're talking about a if there if there's where they see in the rule if there's somewhere in the rulebook where they look at it and that's how they understand it or if someone's ever explained it to them that way because to me that's something where it seems like a gray area doesn't it it seems like a gray area and you talk about something where the stars have talked about with this rule and even before this rule was in place uh, Kelly Forbes who runs the stars instant replay room is very conservative about what he challenges. He only challenges things he thinks he's 100% confident on. Right, especially um, now yes. that the rule has changed so that those challenges have a serious yes. consequence if you get it wrong. And so I would think that it's something where the stars would have had reviewed scenarios and thought about, okay, when this does pop up, we'll be able to tell whether it's the type of thing worth reviewing. Are you presuming that that Forbes and the stars would have thought this was a slam dunk? Yes, like that's a no-brainer. Like, oh, yes. this is obvious. We need to challenge yes. this. That is the only. I because believe, why would you challenge an iffy call at the risk of going down another two-minute penalty? Yes, I believe the. I only, understand. Yeah, I believe the only way the stars. I believe the stars were confident when they saw it hit Verona's uh, uh, Verona's skate. I were. I was. I'm confident that the stars' belief was right. that right. their understanding. That's, of the, um, their uh, impression essentially, of the Essentially, the replay saw what the stars saw. But the refs had a different interpretation of what that state right. of the skate meant. And that's an interesting learn on the fly, isn't it? Yes. So here's the thing, Sean. The Stars were able to kill off the subsequent delay of yes, game they were. team penalty. They were. But they ended up with a lot of penalty kill time Yeah. in that opening what, six, seven minutes of the game mm-hmm. because of the double minor, the goal, and then immediately on the kill again. Yeah. And it took a long time for the Stars to really have any substantial five-on-five even strength time. Yeah. And the rest of the first period, they were down, and the momentum obviously had a factor. But I thought Dallas was fine at five-on-five in the first period. Yeah. They were, they were just down a goal. It's a hard game to get into when um, you think about the typical Stars player. Side, so the fourth line started, took about a 35-second shift. Mm-hmm. Um, then I believe it was the Sagan line on the ice for the six seconds when Hanley took the right. penalty. Um, and was it delayed for, what, about 20 seconds 20 or so? 20 seconds or so. But you think about it this way. For the uh, the Hintz line and the Foxa line, and to, set, to extend the Sagan line, their first five-on-five shift came about eight minutes into the game. Right. They That's, didn't have a chance to roll their lines and get going, and obviously there are certain lines that don't penalty kill. Yes. And that's your point, mm-hmm. is they then spent three consecutive minors, or two-plus, right, not playing. Well, and, and, like, think about it this way. I'm not making an excuse for oh, anyone. Just ta- I'm, not, I'm, I'm not making is. an excuse, but think about this. Alexander Radulov sat on the bench for effectively the first eight minutes of the game. After warm-ups and getting on the ice, yes. ready to go, and then didn't play. Someone who doesn't kill penalties, yep. someone who's just... And that's that. That does look again. Not making an excuse, but mm-hmm. that does affect the players, especially the players used to skating on a regular shift, ability to feel warm and in the game. Because you can actually start to cool off yeah. if you sit on the bench too long without getting up and moving. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good point. All right, so they get through the power play time, but really don't do a whole lot in the first period. There was a great save by Ilya Samsonov. He was good, and it was. Haskinen floats one toward the net. Rope hints with a pretty hard tip play. And I'm wondering if we might want to do the side road here. Yeah, let's do the side road here. Because there's an accident ahead of us, and or flashing lights. Yes. And, Sean, um, Hintz's tip, 
catches Samsonov off his angle or, you know, yeah. off his feet or whatever you want to call it. And he makes a nice recovery. And he paddle. dives yeah. back and sweeps it away with the paddle. I think even though it was going slowly, that it had enough to go in. I think so too. Don't you? Uh, yeah, no, it was it was well read by Samsonov on the uh, on the redirect. Um, I and even then the Stars still had a chance. They didn't get the rebound, but they were right there and they had a chance to kind of get back into it there. Um, what do we got here? Looks like we have a car in a guardrail, maybe. Or is this a no? There's two cars there. Hmm. One's in the lane and one's over on the shoulder. Hard to tell if there was a collision or if there's some sort of police presence there. Yeah. There were some flares out. So hey, we're right back on. That was a by the way, clutch move on off and on. Well done. Well done. Thank you. Yeah, I think that was the right decision by a mile. We got past about a hundred cars. It felt like. Anyway, the other chance that the stars had that was of to me of note in the first period was. Joe Pavelski getting a pass right to the crease, and he goes to his backhand. And I think Samsonov got a touch on it. But otherwise, there wasn't much. But Pavelski, again, kind of even in his office. And I know he hasn't scored yet, but, Sean, he does seem to find a way to get the puck in dangerous positions and come away with those in 50-50 opportunities. Yeah. And you can see he has that knack. It's, there's there's a real skill to it, and it's an art form. It's not just, oh, well, he's fortunate to be right place at the right time. I mean, he really works to be where the puck ends up. Well, right place, right time isn't all isn't luck. I mean, it's there are certain times it's luck, of right. course. Sometimes but, the puck just yes, falls right but, to you. But, I mean, the saying, you make your own luck, is true. Yes. That's... You have to know where to go. You have to be able to read routes. You have to, And when I'm talking about routes, I'm not just talking about players. I'm talking about being able to read routes of this puck is going to deflect this way. I need to be in the right spot. Things like that, that it's obvious watching Pavelski play, he reads those things well. There's things where he doesn't have a goal yet. No, he hasn't. There's still other things that we really need to see from him that we haven't. But you definitely see the foundation for the parts of his game of why he is in the spot to make those plays, Agreed. even though they haven't been made yet. So second period begins, and Ovechkin gets a great chance when he dangles past Lindell, mm-hmm. tries to go five-hole, and Hudobin, who's one of a whole a four or five, if I remember correctly, just really yeah. top-class saves in the second period because the Capitals could have blown the doors off this game, even though they didn't have power play time in the second period, and the Stars had a slew of them. Hudobin had the type of game tonight, um, and I made this note in my post-game story, um, he had the type of game tonight where the quantity is not going to be fair to say the save percentage. Yes. But the quality, when you look at what he did in the game, he had a really good game. He had more quality score or saves than Samsonov did, mm-hmm. who will have like a, what, 96 save percentage because of it? Yeah. Something like that. He's yeah. 24, 25. Mm-hmm. He's now 2-0. and Literally 96, actually. Yeah, and he actually has, he had a 9-6-2 coming yeah. in. So, I mean, again, mm-hmm. this kid's off to a great start this season. But yeah. here's the thing. The next goal is off the rush, and or, or excuse me, not off the rush. That's the third period. I'm, th- I'm moving ahead of. It's off a sort of rush, it's, but it's a very short rush. Puck, <laughs> this is the one yeah. criticism I had of Hudobin's entire is, night. Yeah. Okay, because otherwise he was fabulous. I agree with this. Puck goes behind the net and he passes it hard around uh, behind the goal and rims it mm-hmm. too far for Joel Hanley to get to. Jason Dickinson goes and actually gets the puck under pressure and tries to clear it. And Carlson, John Carlson, makes a great play to jump up, catch it, keep it in. 
and then all of a sudden it's like a four on one. He does a give and go with Garnet Hathaway, yeah. and he roofs it over the glove hand, right top right corner, two nothing Caps when the Stars had the the pressure. Yeah, it's a play where, um, and this is actually something project uh, project I've been working on that I'm people will hopefully see eventually um, is it's the type of play that just kind of exposes, not exposes, but it, it's a, it's a example of what typically happens with Hudobin handling the puck versus Bishop handling the puck where Ben Bishop has made mistakes. All goalies make mistakes. Everybody does. However, it's a play. It's a type of play where just the handoff from low fuel. Um, it's, <laughs> Good to know. We're going to run out of gas. Probably not. Probably not. It's the type of play where um, Bishop makes that pass to Hanley's tape and the route. It's that it's the type of play where Hudoba makes that pass and it's not right on the tape and Hanley has to adjust and the pressure's a little bit more and it's it's those little things. Um, that those Bishop, are the details those, that Monty talks about all the time. And those are the details though, with the puck handling that Bishop does that Hudoba doesn't. And is it the reason the Stars lost tonight? I mean, it was a 2 nothing goal. And I it was the game winner. It was the game winner. I thought it was kind of a back-breaking goal. It was kind of a goal that once that goal went in, you kind of got the feeling where it went from Dallas kind of went from being kind of absent to completely absent almost, I thought, after that goal. Um, heads definitely dropped. Yeah. Um, so whether that goal was you want to put it on Hudobin or not, but that was a 2 nothing goal was I agree. a back-breaker. Um, Great chance for Jamie Ben to get on the board, and this was one of the saves of the night. Puck's loose in the crease. He he drives the net across the, the blue paint, wins the battle out of his feet, pulls it to the far left side, the right post defensively. Samsonov is off his angle. Jamie gets the shot up, and Radko Gudis saves a goal by making a leg block at the post. Yeah. And it was a fantastic defensive play and unlucky for the captain because that goal goes in. It's middle of the second period, 2-1 game. Who knows what happens? Yeah. And it was kind of a Jamie Ben beast mode kind of moment. Big guy driving through, pulls the puck out of the crowd. He puts that in, and you know that he has the emotional impact to really lift the team with a goal like that. And I'll tell you what, Sean, it might have been the save of the game. It was not even the goalie. Yeah, it was... Uh... Gudis was, uh, it was kind of like that moment, and you and I have used soccer comparisons before, but it's the old putting the, put, put the guy on the post on the corner kick. It, it really was, right? Like, he, <laughs> he was literally doing a, what was, that, was it a VH? He was hugging the post. He <laughs> was just standing up. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was the old stand-up. It was the old stand-up, it was old, the old stand-up yeah. The thing is, is that that was a pretty effective save in the day. Yeah. No, that right? was, yeah. So that was a big moment, and then... Pavelski had a great chance. Uh, back in the first period? Yes. Yanmark, diagonal pass, late, late in the first period, hits Pavelski. Yeah, Samson made the save going to his left. He makes a great yep. save. Um, you know, I think they drew a power play out of it. Yeah. But, I mean, that was the one where I bet you Joe would love to have scored on that. Yeah. Anyway, going into the second period again, after the Ben play, the Caps started counterattacking, and the Stars got into some trouble with coverages, and all of a sudden... Kuznetsov, who will score later in the game, gets, what was it, a 130-foot pass from a, a defenseman in his own zone? Yeah, I think it was uh, Jonas... Uh, was it Sigenthaler? I think it was Sigenthaler. It was a pass, yeah. Unbelievably well-angled pass. Stars, unfortunately, did, it wasn't a bad line change. They just left the middle open. 
Yeah. He zips it through, hits Kuznetsov, who has the speed to cut, split the D. And again, Hudobin made that save. Then uh, there was a bad pass on a breakout into Sagan's feet. Mm-hmm. He gets stripped at the red line. Garnet Hathaway comes in and blazes one just barely. I think Hudobin got a tip on the glove on it. And then on another sequence with Hathaway on the ice, he goes, gets a pass, you know, into that space right behind the D right in front of the crease. Catches on the forehand, goes to his backhand. I don't think Hudobin had his stick. And he made a sprawling yeah. save. Again, there you go. Two, three, four top drawer saves. Otherwise, it's 4 nothing, 5 nothing. Yeah. And the Stars really would have been out of yeah, it. Yeah, and the game's not even close going to the third. Um, Stars' power play, just because they had a good amount in that second period. They're 1 for 20 in the power play this year. The one goal came. 0 for 6 tonight. And through, yeah. Through two, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't have one in the third. Didn't have one in the third. And... The one power play goal this year came on a center ice faceoff draw where Ropa Hintz carries in and scores on the rush. They've yet to do anything goal-wise with. They almost had one in St. Louis, in which St. Louis, probably yeah. would have led to a victory because it was 3-1 when Lindell scored. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was the second unit. It was a pretty good goal, actually. Yeah, that was uh, the- Radulov, nice pass out of the corner. Lindell goes, scores five hole. And then what happens? Uh, what Dowling was off by a toe. Yeah. So that was tough. It got challenged and overturned. But there, you can. There's no really. It's interesting because I see the frustration. Obviously, we, I, in the Twitter world we live in now, people are able to voice it. Um, instant anger. Instant anger and everything like that. And it's interesting. Oh, instant outrage. That's yeah, the word. Instant outrage. Um, it's interesting because there's – some people will go and say, well, it's the coaching staff's fault. They need to change things. I know some people don't like the fact putting Sagan on uh, his non-one-timer side. Um then there's when you say that you mean they want you they want to see the classic uh, one timer like yeah, Ovechkin does yes and Sagan who's yes. very good at yes. it yes and um and then and but I put a lot personally I've put a lot too on I've put a lot too on players too like I think a lot of this falls on Jimmy Benton Tyler Sagan John Klingberg a lot for no yep. matter what you tell them to do those are players that sh- are but that skill they should be better than one for twenty on the power play. My thought is coaches can impact team success to a certain degree. Uh, I heard, uh, really, again, making a soccer reference, Roberto Martinez, who was the longtime manager at Everton, I think, is he still the manager of the Belgian national team? Oh, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But he was really good at Everton in the Premier League for a long time. Uh, He's also a soccer analyst uh, and has been great. He said that he thought a great manager could impact a season of team about 5 to 10% better. Mm-hmm. What he's saying is it's on the players to execute, Yeah. right? Yeah. Man, good coaching can help, but the players still have to do what they're supposed to do. And especially on the power play, Sean, coaches always talk about letting the skilled players have the freedom to improvise, express themselves, and come up with creative ways to score goals. Yeah. What Jim Montgomery said in the postgame tonight, no emotion, no retrievals, no compete, and he said that was both on the power play and at either strength. Yeah, um, and I'm sure people will ask about that in lightning round two. Yeah. Um, the so how about the third goal? Yeah, the, power play. The Washington. So this, this, was, this, was, this was this was an interesting thought I have on this. Um, Stars power penalty kill has been very good this season. Uh, one of the actually few consistent yeah, consistent for that. That and Ropey Hintz's play really one of the two. <laughs> that's that's uh, fair. Um. 
One thing And that, Hudobin not getting enough run support yeah. when he starts. One thing that Washington did that the, that the Stars, no other no other team has... The Stars have been really good eliminating the rush and on the, the, on the, on the PK forecheck. They've been really good on that. Washington, and I'm curious if this was... Um, I'm curious if this is something that Todd Reardon talked about specifically after playing Dallas on Tuesday. Oh, like as in uh, in his prep. Yeah, for as, today's as in his prep game. was, they beat the Stars. They beat the Stars uh, penalty kill forecheck tonight. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened on the Kuznetsov goal. He went and, and had speed and yeah. just blew by Sakura. Yeah. Some degree, Sean, would you say a well, little bit on Sakura, but a lot just because of how he was allowed to and, catch the yes, puck in stride. And great player making a great play too, but. Yep. But it was interesting just looking at the first time another. He was also really good tonight. Yeah. It was, the first, it was first time it was another team has take has found a way to counter the Stars' forecheck, and it's this is going to be something where I think tonight is kind of a lesson for. And now Rick Bonus knows has coached thousands of games at literally thousands of mm-hmm. games in the NHL, and but tonight I think was kind of a reminder that you can use that playing a team the first time is one thing. When you play teams other times, they're going to start multiple times. They're going to start to, okay. Learn things. Learn things. And yeah. the stars didn't change. And quickly, right? Yes. Playing twice in a week means you're yeah. still fresh in the mind. It's not, yes. oh, well, we watched a video, but hey, uh, it was three yeah. months and ago. So I'm giving, yeah. And maybe I'm giving the Capitals too much credit, but I think the Capitals. Well, they also have elite offensive players. Because yeah. Nesov is not just some ho-hum player. Mm-hmm. He's a really, really good offensive weapon. Yeah. All right. So a couple of chances. You know, Radulov went. Uh, picked up his game in the third period, and he had three or four really good looks. Um, I didn't see enough from other players in the third, but he was really good. He forced a couple good saves from Samsonov, who is kind of the reason, Sean, that the Caps let Philip Grubauer go yeah. or traded him, right? Mm-hmm. And part of it was expansion draft, but the other part of it was, hey, we have this kid coming over from Russia who we drafted in the first round in 2015, and he looks pretty darn good. Yeah. The one time he gets beat in the game, Roddick Foxa gets the stars, avoids a shutout. Nice little play up the wall by Yanmark. Foxa goes behind the net, and I think he caught Orlov by surprise. The defenseman is right on his back, and he just and he caught Samsonov on his by surprise. and just went the wraparound. Instead of a lot of times players go for the the short side, yeah. the they go the around they go for the, for the quick stuff. Yeah. The, I call it the near post, but they wrap around to the far post, and they go for the near post once they get around to the other side of the net. Yeah. He actually went around, and instead of trying to stuff it short side, went across the the, the crease and into the far corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a nice play. It was very quick. Yeah. How would you, real quick, just because I'm sure I'm trying to... You want to get to the lightning well, round? No, I'm just trying to quantify this. Okay. Would you count that as a goal on the rush? I think so. Okay, I, mean, I, I would too. They really didn't cycle it. They didn't change direction. I, I know it technically it came from below the goal line, but I was because I mean I think it's a continuation. Yeah, don't you? Yeah, it's still. I mean, the only goal they've scored it was not, not on the rush. The yeah, okay, yeah. The only goal they've scored not off the rush so far this year is the Radulov goal in uh, in in Washington on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So um, that's a little concerning, isn't it? Very concerning, actually. Um, stars end up that goal give, makes it three one. 
they're starting to buzz a little bit. And then for me, the big killer was Joel Esperance takes the offensive zone penalty with about 7.54 remaining. I didn't get a good look. at. Oh, no, I did. I didn't think that was – it was interference, was it not? They called interference. Whether, whether it was a good penalty or not. I actually didn't think it was a very good call. But whether – But right, but whether it, was, it doesn't matter whether it was a good call or not. All that matters is Stars had to go back on the, on the penalty kill – and that just kind of iced things, and then eventually Ovechkin added the uh, fourth goal to make it four to one. But that just put, makes it look worse in this yeah. box score at that point. Yeah. Yep. But maybe it was a box. It was a four to one lead. That you know what? Four to one reflected probably what the score should have been, if not for what Hudobin did I earlier. I kind of agree with that. So. All right, lightning round. Let's do it. Let's do it. This should be a fun one. AJ Martin, three hours ago, he's the first one to use the car cast tonight. Okay. Season two of the Ghost Stars is getting off. To slow starts in games, where does the blame lie? This was a constant discussion throughout the postgame tonight. Well, it's multiple levels. I mean, there's... The penalties didn't help. The, the, penalty, the, the but, high stick but, on... But on slow handling. starts were a big deal last year, and they're a big deal to start this season. Um, it's not just tonight. Yes. Do you think it, you could say slow start tonight in the classic sense? Because we did. they were penalty killing for almost six minutes. We didn't really see what they had to bring. No, right? No, you mentioned it. Radulov didn't play for eight minutes. Yeah. And the slow starts just have been continued to define this team, though. Um, yes. And there's two there's two areas of blame, I think. Um, well, not I think. I know. There's two areas of blame, and you can debate one side or the other, but really it falls on part one is Jim Montgomery has done some good things as a coach. He helped the team get to the second round of the playoffs. He did some really good things last year. He still has not figured out. Now, 88 games or a little bit over 100 games, actually. 101 games if we take 13 playoff games last year. 101 games into him coaching this team. He still has not figured out how to get this team to snap right away. He's not figured it out. Um, Is it on Jim Montgomery? And that's the key question here. Is it on Jim Montgomery? I don't know the answer to that. Is it on Jim Montgomery? I think everybody has some yeah. accountability to take is it on, on Is it on players? the captain? Is it on the leadership group? Is it on the leadership group? Are they not getting this group ready to go? Because there's so many things. And Jim Montgomery, we asked him about it postgame, and you could see the frustration. You could hear it. You could hear it. I couldn't see his face because we were just yeah. listening to the audio, but yeah. it was clearly and you could see, uh, audible. And, and here's the thing. Here's actually one of... Here's a way you can see frustration with Jim Montgomery that I've picked up on now. When he's speaking fast, I don't know if you've noticed that. He's a he's he's often very um, he's often very concise. Even though he might be short in how amount of words, he doesn't. He's not a quick talker. He's a it's 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 more of a it's a. You're talking about it's, the, it's the a norm, pace no, of it's his, a normal pace of words. Speaking. It's a normal pace of words. I had to typically when I transcribe things from Jim Montgomery, I can do it in one go, which is a skill. I had to go back and listen to him talking about the start three different times, because that's how fast he was talking. And he was talking about more video, less video, yeah. keys to the game. Do you want to know? And then he went in and actually said, "Do you want to know what our keys yeah. to the game were yeah. tonight?" And they were essentially three versions of last year's process. Yeah. yeah, and essentially he was. You could tell the frustration by how fast he was talking. That's just a kind of a voice cue I picked up on now with having covered him for 101 games. Uh, It's a problem. The Stars have to do better on a consistent basis. Look, I thought they had a decent start in Detroit, mm -hmm. right? They had the lead, scored two goals. Yeah. Good road period. Hey, great. Since that game, that was the only one, I think, where they had a good first period, right? Mm -hmm. 
They've had adequate or or worse, but they haven't had a good one other than. I don't that. even know if you can find another adequate one. That's tough. I mean, I don't think you can. Yeah. I mean, yeah. All right, get to the next. Okay, question. next question. Larson question mark writes in. Yeah, it's his Twitter handle. Uh, well, his handle's Larson nineteen ninety, but his oh, the okay. one he chooses is Larson question mark. Uh, San Diego. Um, I'm Ron Burgundy. That's it. Why do the stars use paths in the opposite way the sharks did by having him everywhere else besides in the net in front of the net? Well, they had him almost exclusively in the net front or in the slot position. I think tonight, Sean, their their power play hasn't been very good. They're just trying different things, right? Yeah. They're mixing things up, moving him everywhere. He is a great guy in the slot, but I think Dallas is just finding – the frustration of the status quo hasn't worked, so what else can we do, right? Sorry to rephrase that. I was answering a question from an editor. <laughs> there you have it, folks. Yes. The commitment to focus on the car cast is like none other. Fortunately, Sean was answering that question while we were parked in front of yes, his house, parked, parked not out. while still driving on I-35. I was. The question was, why is Pavs being used in – the opposite way the Sharks did by having him anywhere else but in front of the net. I just said, yeah. again, changing it up because well, okay. I think they to, tried every, I, they're I, trying different things. I think, to be clear, one thing people keep forgetting is... Much Bell's, like the game, having to say that all twice was very painful. Yeah. Pavelski played in the slot in San Jose. Like, people keep forgetting that. Like, he did play in front of the net, but he also played in the slot. Those right, still, but there were times tonight where he was on the half wall. And here's moves floating around. Yeah, but a little here's bit. here's the other thing about that. The stars are trying to create a little bit of movement, be a little bit more positionless. The thing about it is, they're in the first period. They actually had Pavelski on the ice for all full two minutes mm-hmm. on the power play. And on because the one, no Dowling tonight is a healthy scratch. And on the one unit, he was on the uh, he was on the flank or on the half wall because the stars don't have another player to put on that spot. And I know. Do you think Dowling goes back in after this poor game? And um, for whom? I think he does, because he's the only one right now. But Perry's close, but he's not yeah, ready. Yeah, I think I think Dowling comes back in. You know who I think he goes in for? Who? Les Bruns. Yeah. Nothing no, against no. Joel Les Bruns tonight. He actually no. got some power play time. I think tonight. Joel Les Bruns comes out easily. Even um, without the penalty, I just think that Kamano and Gardner have been yeah. too good on the fourth line, good penalty killers, especially in the absence of Como. To me, if the coach coaches like to make changes when things are going poorly, yeah. I think Dowling comes back in for the second power play unit and. I, I, that's my yeah. guess. It'll, I think you'll see Dickinson, Fox, and Dowling as your third line. Yeah. And to talk about the power play real quick, the second unit, one thing that's to give people some insight into this, because I think this is can be kind of playing the half wall on the power play, A, is not easy. Um, and B, it's a spot that a lot of players don't feel comfortable in. Um, I know... At the half wall? At the half wall. Yeah. And that's why Pavelski was there, because they didn't have someone else to play in that spot on the second unit. And that's why Dowling probably comes back in, because he can play that spot. He's actually he's, pretty good at he's it. He's played that spot in the AHL. Um, and the NHL. For example, just Jason Dickinson, who is very honest about his game, has told me he doesn't feel comfortable at all in that spot. It's, he's it's, more of a down the net, yeah, down, a, and down the front guy. It's of. a spot where he doesn't feel comfortable at all, and he feels that he can't make the plays from that spot. Matthias Yanmark has also have had similar conversations with Matthias Yanmark, and those are really the only other two candidates who you'd say, okay, we could put him in that spot. Yeah, I mean, and, other than that, do you look at it? I mean, would you have to go to uh, Cogliano, Camano? Cogliano uh, hasn't played. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's no, a, yeah, that front guy. Yeah. So, um, I. 
the power play, there's issues all over the place with it. Um, I think getting Pavelski to the front of the net isn't isn't the biggest issue. I mean, he can tip pucks in the slot. A lot of the NHL teams that have success, if you look at a lot of Pavelski's goals with San Jose, a lot of them came from tips in the high slot. Right. So, um, I'm a little surprised, Sean, that I thought the Klingberg wrist shot on the power play with Pavelski tipping was going to click a lot faster, mm-hmm. and it hasn't. But you also notice that Klingberg has had a lot of his shots blocked yeah. tonight and so far this year. He doesn't seem to be getting as many pucks from the point through. Well, and teams are playing him more aggressively now. That's something I've noticed, too. They're um, keying on him because he's been a yeah. focal point of the power play. Yep. Um, let's move on. Galpagus said, uh, yeah, after a game like tonight, I think I'll ask something different for the CarCast. Are you okay. ready? Yeah. Tonight was the series finale for a show that changed the life of me and thousands of others. My Little Pony friendship is magic. Did you all ever watch My Little Pony? If so, who is the best pony? So, have you? Um, I think it's been on in my house, maybe, at some point? Okay, that's a very bad answer. Like, I know... My I'm... answer is, yes, I've seen My Little Pony like, I've seen the, a yeah, kid. I've, I've seen my the... sister probably was more into it than I was. I can't name any of My Little Ponies. I'm sure I watched them. Remember, uh... What's on now is not what I was watching when I was a kid. That was, unfortunately, a long time ago now. Yeah. So, no, I can't answer who – I don't have a name for any of My Little Ponies, but I know they were in my house. Like, the yeah, little I mean, action I, figures. I, like, I've, I've seen the TV – I'm sure I've seen the TV show before, but yeah. I, it's been years. I don't know. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Yeah. Stefan writes in, what in the world is even the plan on the power play and six on five? The team just cycles the puck around the perimeter for ages – until they turn it over at some point. The slot is empty all the time, question mark. Cap power play had guys in dangerous areas. Stars just stand around in bad spots. There's no urgency. That's what it is. And it's No compete. There's no compete and no urgency. urgency. Yep. And, and that's not the plan. Like, it's not – let me put this clear. Like, I've actually had this conversation with Todd Nelson. Yeah. The power play meeting doesn't go, hey, guys, let's cycle it around. The just power float play, around out The there, power right. play meeting, the big thing for Todd Nelson, actually, and one thing that – um, one thing that excited him about getting Corey Perry and Joe Pavelski in the offseason was I've got these two guys that can rotate back, can be in the slot or the net front. Retrievals. And they can, retrievals, and they can be aggressive. And the plan is, that's the plan, to be aggressive and take advantage of those areas. And whether whether the maybe the technique to deliver that to play the players hasn't been enough and maybe that's on the coaching and maybe it's just on the players for not taking the coaching i don't know what it is mm-hmm. but the plan is not just to cycle around and not shoot that is not the plan right um whether um yeah where the disconnect is i, I don't know because i'm not in 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 that locker room when they are going through those meetings I'd love to. It'd be a great story. Oh, my God. It'd be so interesting to listen to it. But I'm not getting that invite invite anytime soon. Sam writes in, what's it going to take for the Stars to realize the preseason is over? I don't really have an answer to that, Sean. I just thought it was a funny question. Well, they're playing just like they played in preseason. Yeah, I mean, really, they didn't play with – remember the Minnesota game? Oh, no emotion. Better against Colorado, Mm -hmm. the last preseason game, but yeah. Okay, Tweeter Greeter writes, hi, Sean and Owen. Is the Stars' reluctance to actually shoot a misunderstanding of Monty preaching quality over quantity on shots on goal? Will they shoot more to try to generate rebounds? What would it take to get a new power play coach? Thanks. Love the podcast. 
We kind of talked about the power play yeah. and the coaching. I don't think that's going to change anytime soon no. this year. But I wonder – I mean, Monty always talks about I want quality looks, not just close your eyes and throw it. Yeah. He doesn't want to give the puck away with bad shot selection, but he's not talking about not shooting on the power play. Yeah, and there's also – the other thing, too, and I don't know if this is overteach. There are times, though, where there's been too much of an overpassing approach with the Stars' bigger names. It's happened with Radulov, actually, in particular. There's been a couple of times where Radulov, I thought, he's got the shot, he should take it, and he's tried to take that extra pass. Um, and whether that's them say, looking at what the coaches said or what's its internal, but I do see a little bit of too much of a – sometimes they're forcing this extra pass sometimes. Yeah. I, I think they're trying to be too creative or too cutesy. Mm-hmm. Those uh, a long time ago, a uh, hockey coach preached all that fancy crap. He said, "I think he said it a different word." Yeah. Doesn't work unless you do the hard stuff first. Mm-hmm. Shoot the puck, go to the net, get the rebounds. If you do the dirty stuff over and over again, then the defense has to respect that play. That's when the passing lanes open up, and you can look backdoor and tic tac. And but you can't just do that because. It's very easy for a penalty kill to for penalty killers to stand in passing lanes and just intercept yeah. seam passes if you don't show the willingness to throw it to the net and go fight for the puck in front of the goal, right? Correct. Okay. Um, by the way, that's gotten us almost to our call for questions. Oh wow! Yeah, we had some early ones, huh? Yeah, Matt writes in. Stars are only ahead of two teams in the Central, both of which have only played three games. The dreaded 16-17 season started with 10 points through 10 games. Injuries aside, is worrying uncalled for at this point? You can worry. I mean, no, no, you should worry. You should worry. Yeah. The team's worried. You should worry. You shouldn't freak out and say the season's over. Yeah. But, yeah, you can be concerned. I don't think they've had oh, – they, they, I don't think. They have not had the start they wanted to. Nobody wanted to be 1-4-1 and four and one after six no. games. No. Um, all right. Jason writes, when does Pavelski's non-production become an issue? Um, I mean, it already is an issue. Yeah. It already is an issue. Chad writes in, are the stars just out of sync or is there a bigger issue? They didn't lose a major piece and they added Pavelski. Is it a player issue, coaching issue, something else? We kind of talked yeah. about that in general. I mean, they did make a major change, right? Mm-hmm. They got rid of Matt Zuccarello or didn't re-sign him. Yeah. Um, I know there are some details of the contract negotiation that probably wouldn't have worked for the stars, but I can't help, Sean, but to think that with how strong Rope Hintz looks so far, and Yanmark is a complimentary piece, put Zuccarello on that line. Nothing against Joe Pavelski. Yeah. He's a fabulous player. But with that speed, mm-hmm. it'd be a pretty fun little trio to watch. Yeah. Well, and it's the, Z- the Zuccarello thing. I think one of the most important things that people just have to keep in mind is um, he wanted a five-year deal, and he wanted a full no-movement clause. And the... That was the backbreaker for the stars. He was they weren't going to bring him in on five years, and they couldn't do the no movement clause. Why the no move? Because I think I know the answer, but I yes, think this is important yes, for you because to say. Because this is important. Because so in the expansion draft right now, um, the stars will have to protect Alex Radulov. They You're talking about com- the one for Seattle, yes, Seattle yes. after two seasons, yes. not this year, but at the end yes. of next season. And so they'll have to protect Alex Radulov. They'll have to protect Tyler Sagan. They'll have to protect Jamie Ben, um, and they'll also have to they'll also have to protect. Uh, 
Ben Bishop, who has a no-movement clause as well, but that's not important for this conversation. They would do it anyway. But if – so if the Stars had a fourth veteran player, they had to project with a no-movement clause. So that would be Zuccarello. That would be Zuccarello. I'd say. That would be Zuccarello. So now you have what? And your three defensemen are already locked in. You're protecting Miro Heishkin and Esa Lindell and John Klingberg. Okay, already done. So so that's eight of your 11 skaters, that's, that's, right? Yeah, and so you've got three spots left. Are you really want to protect? Which is what seven three and a goalie. Seven three and a goalie. Do you okay. really want to protect when you have? Do you really want to protect? So you have two more guys. Yeah. two more forwards. Do you really want to protect though? Do you really want to protect a thirty-seven-year-old Matt Zuccarello, which you mm-hmm. would have to protect? Yes. Over potentially a Jason Dickinson, or a Radic Foxa. Or, You'd have to pick, right? Or or even maybe even Dennis Gurionov, because. Rope Hintz, it looks like the way he's going, Rope Hintz is going to be one of those. He takes a protection slot right away. Well, yeah. yeah. As of right now, yeah, Hintz yeah. is on that. Yeah. So then you're you're saying it would be a choice between Dickinson or Foxa. Mm-hmm. And that's it, right? Uh, Yanmark would probably be available. Yanmark would probably be available. But you're essentially putting yourself in a spot where you have to waste a protection spot on a guy that won't be picked because of his age. And Or if they do, you go, okay, well, he's 36 yeah. now. And Joe Pavelski... When the Stars signed him, this was a conversation they had. Joe Pavelski did not take a no-move clause in year three, so he does not have to protect in the expansion draft. That is something Zuccarello's camp was never willing to do. I'm okay with Zuccarello's camp. No, oh, no, that's fine. That, and that's fine. Yeah, I don't have fine. a problem with that, that's but fine. I understand why the Stars yeah, yes. put their foot down have, on yeah. that. I have no problem with what Zuccarello's camp went out and did. Get get what you can. Yep. Give, your, give yourself your best protection. But... Um, the stars needed to do needed to do that. They couldn't do that for long term. Um, now we can make the argument of was winning this year versus. There's many ways to look at it, but I think it is important to remember that signing Zuccarello would have been a hindrance long term. It just it would have been. Now some yeah. teams have made long term signings in the near term in the last mm-hmm. couple of months. Who said, you know what? This is going to be a problem in the end. Braden Shen's long-term deal with the St. Louis Blues. That yes. happened, what, last week, two weeks ago? Uh, yeah. La- they the basically, team. Doug Armstrong said, I know this might cap st- or cash strap us a bit in the later years, or it might come back to haunt us as he gets older, but we felt, you know, we won the Stanley Cup. We felt important to lock him up and keep this group together. Doug Armstrong's Shen contract to me feels like a, the ne- this will be the next GM's problem. Yeah, contract. doesn't it? Like, Either Doug Armstrong's going to do one of two things, I think. He's a guy who has had a great career. I'm not saying he's retiring anytime soon, but he could do one of two things. He could do what George McPhee did in Vegas, where all of a sudden he gets named director of hockey operations and hires another GM to... To then save himself from getting fired. To save himself from getting fired, or (laughs) St. Louis continues to do really well. Well, they also did that because they didn't want to lose Kelly McCrimmon. Yeah, but... Because he was basically going to get hired by Seattle. Yeah, he was. Or possibly Edmonton. If he, they didn't make him the GM, he so was. They but, wanted to save the. But I, I, either yes, either way, Doug Armstrong signed a contract, or it was like this helps my, me now and doesn't have to. I don't have to worry about. He pushed the problems road. down yeah. the road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this is an interesting one. Coach Kitchen, the Stars haven't had an agitator since Antoine Roussel left. I feel like they need that Steve Ott type player to inject some life in a few shifts a game. Maybe that's what they're waiting for in Corey Perry, an agitator who can score goals. Thoughts. I don't think Corey Perry is the agitator people realize. He, don't, I don't. Let me, let me rephrase that. I don't think Corey Perry is the agitator Stars fans think he is. While he was annoying when the Stars played the Ducks, and he can get under people's skin, 
one of the main reasons was was because he could do that, and then he could pop two goals in the net that night. Um, to me, I don't think it's worth in today's NHL. I don't think it's worth using an agitator, having an agitator who just is annoying, because I think there's I think there's good teams that would just ignore what Antoine Roussel did. Right. Um, and I don't want to take I don't want someone like I don't want a you don't want a guy just taking penalties. Yeah. I don't want I don't want an Antoine Roussel on the team if it's taking away a spot from a kid like Nick Camano who is helping this team. Right. Um I just But you do need emotion. You need emotion. You definitely need right? emotion. Yeah. You know who a guy that sometimes really brings some emotion because of his, you know, lunch pail style is Roman Polak. Yeah. I wonder how much of an impact not having him around. He's a big physical, scary defenseman, hits guys Battles in front of the net, great on the penalty kill, although Stars penalty kill has been pretty good. But he's another guy that, Sean, I think may be a little underrated in terms of what he does, right? Definitely on that element of, and I'm not saying, he, you don't need guys to protect Miro Heiskanen, really. I mean, he's not, I don't I don't think it really changes the, whether guys hit Miro or not, or hit Klingberg or not during the game. But I think it just adds a little bit of that. Just another thought. Another thought, and I think... There's a little bit of that side confidence of having that guy on your side is. I don't think it hurts. It doesn't hurt, and and he's an emotional player too. That the team does, the team likes, and the team rallies around him too. So. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple more flying through, but I want to get to one Sean that is a little off the beaten path. Okay. Taylor writes, "Sorry, I've never understood the foodie talk on the podcast prior." LOL. But I'm dying to know. So. Before I even finish his, his question, he literally said, hey, I don't understand why you guys have talked about food on the pod, on the car cast before. But now I want to ask you a food question. So, Taylor, I love that you did, but really hating on the food talk? I mean, you do realize that we're supposed to be goofy because it's we're in the car, for goodness sakes, right? Yeah. Don't hate on the foodie talk. All right. That being said, his question is, he's dying to know, right? Have either of you tried the new hockey helmet cups of ice cream at the AAC yet? If so, which should we try first? So, two things. <laughs> of course I, you have, I have, I have I have not tried them. However. Neither have I. I have not tried them. However, it's not ice cream. No? It's just cookie dough. Oh, that's right. And They're cups of cookie dough. They're cups of cookie dough. Um Apparently made in a way that's actually healthy. That, what, oh, you, well, that means it's probably not made with raw eggs, Yeah. right? Because um, the b- biggest thing, and maybe probably raw flour. Yeah. Because the biggest thing about cookie dough, oh, here we go, we're going into the health side of things. We had an interesting health care debate the other night at hockey, didn't we? Oh, boy. Let's, nah, let's, let's, let's not go into but that. You're worried about salmonella with uh, the raw eggs, mm-hmm. depending on if they have that in them, which most eggs are. I mean, it just depends. And, it, and, and it's, then one, it's one thing. What is it? Cookie, listeria, yeah. possibly? I, I don't remember what the raw flour it's something bacteria like that. is. And it's one thing to eat the cookie dough for to do it in your kitchen. Like one bite? Yes. Probably won't um, kill you. The arena should not be giving out that type of cookie dough. Uh, Which and, is and, what they're not and, doing. And they're not. Um, so the reviews I've heard are... They have not served that upstairs. They have not served not it upstairs. It. The reviews I've heard is that it is a little bit underwhelming um, for, really? for the cost. So not that much, huh? Yeah. I see. Well, that's a little disappointing to hear. So there you have it, folks. That we, There's some more questions. I've kind of hockey talked out yep. the seriousness. So 
Uh, Stars are on the road for the next week. Four-game mm-hmm. road trip. I'll, we'll just give you one more hockey question. Okay. You're going on the road. Yes. We'll be doing the broadcast from the ticket studios on the road or downtown. What do Stars need to come back with so that the, the alarm bells aren't ringing louder than they are after this one? I think from a team perspective, I think Radic Fox kind of let kind of made the statement uh, that the team's thinking about. Um, he said they need to win three. He said we need to go win three games. Hmm. Um, and I think um, it's a uh, a bold goal. Yes, and but I kind of agree. And yeah, when you first said it, my first thought would be six out of eight. That would be six out of eight points. Would you take five? I think five would be all right. I mean, look, that only gets them eight points out of their first ten games. That's less than the 16-17 season, but they might get less anyway, even if they get six out of eight, right? Because they're at three. You know what? That would give them nine. I think you can live with. I think you can live with five. I think. But, I but think you, the bar is at five. I think you can live with five, but there better be. Well, let's put um, it this way: Buffalo the play better be worthwhile. Buffalo, it's an afternoon game. They're an interesting young team with the new head coach, Ralph Kruger, who I is really highly respected. I need, okay, I need to bring something about Buffalo right okay. now, actually. Do it. Okay. They're both going to be tremendous players, Miro Heshkin and, and Rasmus Deli. Okay. Both are going to be tremendous. But I don't know. Did you see what happened in the Buffalo game Friday night? I did not. So please inform me and our listeners okay. who didn't see it. Rasmus Deli has got a good amount of points already to start the season. But holding a one-goal lead in the third period on Friday. Dahlin did not take a single shift in the final nine minutes. Which means they're not trusting his defensive ability. Completely healthy. They did not trust him to protect a lead with nine minutes left. And Miro's out there for that. Can you imagine in a a world where Jim Montgomery doesn't play Miro in the third period? No. In any situation? No. He's playing in every situation. And and I am not... Oh, you're going after the Buffalo folks. I know. Luckily. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Darlene is going to be a great player. He's going to put up a lot of points. You know what? He may win and he may win a Norris before Heishkinen because of his name and his point totals. But, yeah, I hope not. but you look at the complete game and you look at the overall game and you look at part of what is literally the definition of the name and the defenseman. Mm-hmm. I can there's I would never see as a 19 year old Miro Heishkinen wasn't benched for eight minutes because the team had a one goal lead. Yeah, not a chance, right? Yes. And one of the things that why the Stars love Miro so much is if he does make a mistake, he learns from it and doesn't do that same mistake again. Mm-hmm. And that shows incredible hockey IQ yeah. and acumen. Um, so anyway, getting back to that. Yes. So they play Buffalo in an afternoon game. Then it's at Columbus, who's kind of reeling, still trying to figure out their post-Bobrovsky and Panarin world. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see. Stars have always had trouble against Tortorella's team in Columbus. So it'll be interesting to see what they can do with that. And then Pittsburgh... And Philadelphia on a back-to-back Friday, Saturday. Could we see Corey Perry? It sounds like that's very they're possible. They're aiming for Pittsburgh. Right. For Pittsburgh game. Um, I don't think he plays both games. No, no. If it's his first game since uh, he hasn't had any preseason games. So I wouldn't be surprised if he plays one and not the other. Um, well, and the other – You know what, Sean? Look, th- those these are winnable. I mean, look, you can win any night. Yeah. You can lose any night. Ottawa proved that. They beat Tampa tonight. They, it was 2-2 late in the third. They scored, got an empty under win, 4-2. Tampa just thrashed Toronto on Thursday set with seven goals. Yeah. So the point is, is that it's an, enough parity in the NHL. You can win or lose on any given night. It's 
to me, it's all about, this sounds very Monty cliche, it's about the process. I will be pleased if the Stars go out and play the kind of game that the coaching staff and the players expect of themselves and the kind of effort and emotion. If you do that, first of all, they're going to get points, but they're also going to, you know, look, you win or lose, you get a couple bad breaks. You say, man, you were right in that game. You played well. Tonight was not one of those nights. Yeah. I have two kind of key takeaways before okay. we, before we end the one on the night. Um, first of all, interesting, just observation. Um, just thinking about Corey Perry and him being in sync and kind of setting fair expectations. Did you know between October 3rd, the first game of the season, okay. and October 21st, the uh, which is the Ottawa game, the Ottawa game, the Stars will have had just two practices, regular team practices. Yes. One of them was yesterday. One of them was yesterday, and the other one will be uh, Tuesday in Columbus, and. They have had a busy schedule. Have they not had a practice? Other, really? Some, yesterday was the first time since opening night. Mm-hmm. So they had a, they played against Boston. Mm-hmm. Did they not practice the next day? They had the the next day. They did not. They flew to uh, they canceled they canceled the practice. Okay. And flew to St. Louis. Had the morning on, skate. Had, had the morning skate on Saturday. Okay. Played Detroit on Sunday. Because they were trying to manage the energy yeah. of having three played, and four. Played Detroit on Sunday. Didn't skate Had an Monday. off day Monday. Okay. Tuesday Played was in Washington. Tuesday in Washington. Off day when they got back. Holy crap. I did not realize that. So yesterday was the first, was the first practice, practice since of the, the season. season started. Yes. Like the actual, yes. they had a couple practices leading yeah, up yeah, to the Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Well, last year the Stars had a home-friendly schedule. Right. It was at first four, I think, was at home. Yes. And they were they were spread out enough to have some practice time around them. Mm-hmm. This year, the Stars have four, three more games in the month of October than they did last year. 14 instead yeah. of 11. And really wedged in to yeah. start. A couple back-to-backs in the first three weeks, including that three and four to start the year. That's tough. And, yeah, you know, if it, it works both ways, Sean. If you get off to a good start and win some games, you want them yeah. fast and furious, right? If you're struggling, sometimes you want to play another game so you can erase the bad memories. But there, wow! I didn't realize that they have had one team practice through their first six games. Yeah. Or after the first yeah. game. Yeah. So wow. Yeah. So that's no just, wonder they skated so hard yesterday. Yeah. Um, the other quick update for people, um, just because I know he's on people's minds. Um, Denny Gurionov played his second game. Okay. Tonight with Texas, he had the hat trick last night for Texas in um, the second period. In the second period, natural hat trick. No, um, no, not the natural. Not a natural. Not a natural. It was but, back and yeah. forth, but still but a he, great yeah. period. So he he was dominant in the game against Iowa last night. I they lost that game. They lost in the shootout. Um, won in the shootout tonight. They won in the shootout tonight. Um, I watched a little bit of. I rewatched. I watched a little bit of that game this morning. Last um, night's game. Last night's game. So I've not yet watched tonight's game, but. For Texas, obviously, because we've been talking here. Um, the big thing with Denny Gurionov is consistency. Of He's had great moments in the AHL, and then the next game he would disappear. Even the NHL, he's had moments where he had three or four shifts where he looked good, and then he would disappear for three or four Just shifts. Tonight and then disappear, right. So well, apparently, just kind of speaking to some people who watched the game in Iowa tonight, um, tonight Gurionov, so he went from night before he had three goals, I believe it was eight shots, three goals, scored in the shootout yeah. um, night before. Tonight, he also hit two posts last night, too. Could have four or five. Yeah. Um, tonight, um, 
two shots, kind of meh offensively, but was very good in the defensive zone, from what I've been told. And That's Tex- a step in the right direction. And Texas has had him killing penalties, which is which is big. Nude for him. Yeah. And so apparently he looked good in the defensive zone. Um, I'll have to kind of watch, to rewatch the tape to see what it was on, to kind of get a good judge of what type of consistency there mm-hmm. was. But steps in the right direction defensively. Let's maybe, uh, I still have to see what happens offensively. Apparently, uh, Jason Robertson had a really good night tonight. He scored was one of the better players. And Landon Bow apparently was tremendous tonight, too. It's interesting, Texas. too, because everyone's really excited, Sean, about Jake Ottinger, first-year mm-hmm. pro. Mm-hmm. Looks great in training camp. Obviously shows a ton of potential. A lot of people seem to overlook the fact that Bo is, of course, the older goalie. He's gone through his lumps. Ottinger's going to need time. He's not going to – I don't believe he's going to just come storming in next year and be ready. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll be surprised. It's a long season. But honestly, if the Stars are going to move on from Anton Hudobin as their backup, which right now he – I could still see them signing – if he is interested in signing a short-term extension – but if they're going to move on, I think the upper hand goes to Landon Bow, And right. that's not a bad a slight on Ottinger it, at all. And this is an extremely small sample size, but you look at what Bo did in an NHL preseason. You're talking about three weeks or so. Yeah, yeah. Extremely small sample size, but look what Bo did in an NHL preseason. And you look at tonight, um, he's played, there's been two starts for him in the AHL. Uh, he won tonight. He kind of delivered their win in the shootout tonight. And first night of the season, he opened for Texas and played very well in a game where he stopped 26 of 28. The only reason mm-hmm. Texas didn't win was anti-Ranta was superb on the other end of the ice. Um, Who is, by the way, way too good for the age. Yes, yes. Um, so, no, but he's definitely someone who I think people are overlooking as that could be the backup goalie in the NHL next year, potentially. Um, definitely on the radar. Yes. Doesn't mean it's going to happen, but all right. I think that's – it's 1, 2, 3, 4, yep. 12, 34 – I we've don't know gone, why we've, I always notice that. We've gone over an hour. We haven't done that in a while. No, it's been All a right. long time. We've sat way too long in front of your house. Yeah. I need to go home. I'm tired. We have a Sunday off. Sunday off? It's supposed to be gorgeous weather in Dallas. Six, 76, I think, was the dry, not humid. It's going to get a little muggier later. Sean's off on the road trip. So uh, we'll be back most likely Monday the 21st against the Ottawa Senators, our next car cast, which will be... Drum roll number 80. Round numbers. Lots of options at 80. Lots of options. Lots of 80. options. We'll have to go through the list. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to... Oh, speaking of which, number 83. I saw number 83 tonight. Oh, yeah? On my way downstairs with about six minutes to go, I bumped into Alish Hemsky leaving the game. Mm-hmm. Understandably, leaving the game, they were yes. losing. And I happened to... I said hi to him really quickly because I was trying to get so I didn't miss the end of the game. They were at a media timeout, yeah. and, and obviously he was leaving. I said, hey, by the way, because he's from the Czech Republic. Yeah. And Alex is a great guy. Really, like, interacting with him with his time with the Stars, especially once it started to click in year two. Yeah. Because the first year where he had a really tough year. I said, hey, did you see Zdenek and Drosik's international debut with the Czech Republic on Friday, which was yesterday, against England? He's uh, FC Dallas's striker who had a came over to start the season, which was back in February, March. Couldn't get into the team, wasn't playing very well, very almost never played, kept a great attitude, kind of like the Hudobin energy at practice. 
and suddenly finally breaks back into the squad in in August, scores on a, as a sub, and now ha- finished the year with seven goals in his last seven appearances, and as a 30-year-old makes his international debut for his home country, the Czech Republic, and scores a late winner in the last five minutes to beat England in their qualifier. At, at home in, in uh, Prague. I mean, just... Yeah. It's such a feel-good story for the guy, and I've I've met him covering some FC Dallas stuff this summer, and he couldn't be. He looks really mean and tough. He's got the the shaved head, tattoos, his big cobra tattoo on his back. That's why they call him Cobra, or maybe he got it because his cobra's his name. But he couldn't be the more opposite to his visual persona. He is so nice, coolest guy, super gentle. He's like a teddy bear. But anyway, I all that was to say, I bumped into Alish Hemsky. And uh, he was thrilled to see Andrasik. He said, I got a chance to to meet him. And I said, yeah, he's a really good dude. So there you go. Pointless soccer talk on the CarCast because you know what? We can talk about food, too. Yeah. Well, everyone, we'll talk in about, what is it, 14 days? How far away is that? No, it's a week. I don't know. It's, it's four flights for it's me. It's a so. week from Monday. So tomorrow's Sunday, then nine Monday. Eight, nine days. So nine, eight, nine days. Okay. Well, everyone, uh, talk in nine days.